This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of Generational Wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air, sugar? You're listening to Tweet Talk. Yes! A Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. Now it's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Time Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Hey, you man. Tweet Talk, episode 33. Episode Scotty Pippen is lit. Oh, that's Patrick amazing. Ewing, baby. Patrick Ewing. Jordan, I didn't know that. Four, five. Episode, episode Kobe, man. This is episode Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe, man. It's all, all right. right. All the rest of the episodes Kobe. So, okay, so Kobe's 33. Okay. Every, every episode from now on is Kobe Bryant episode. Right. All right. So... Everybody knows Raphael and Charles. Uh, this week we got a special guest, Terrence Reed, one of the, um, the speakers at the upcoming Black Men Building Wealth Virtual Conference, founder Lit. of HBCU Wall Street, Lit. Technologies, Noir BNB, who knows what else, and also. <laughs> alum of North Carolina A and T. Aggie Pride. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I saw your face. Set it up, man. Just setting it up. That's what's up. So what's up, Charles? Tell us a, tell us a little about you, man. Um, first just uh, you know, appreciate you guys for having me on the show on the tweet talk. Um Lit. Yeah, man. Um, I, I love this, right? Uh, me, me and my guys are always talking about how there's just not enough wealth sharing in the form of conversation, right? As you go from level to level, you should find some kind of way to let the people in on your conversations, right? Because mm. as you're leveling up, your conversation should be leveling up. I mean, you should still let people hear it, right? Mm. Uh, so this is beautiful. I love that you guys do this. It's um, lit, man. <laughs> um, me, 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 me. What about me? Um, from from Durham, North Carolina. Right. I'm currently in D.C. Um, I moved here as uh, you know to work IT in the government, um, like every other. Uh, die-hard, born entrepreneur. I'm wiggling my way out of that um, slowly but surely. Right? Um, and so I just do a variety of things, right? Um, most of them are usually social conscious things, right? To help other people help themselves. Um, because I knew early on that uh, um, my calling was to help people. 
my skills was in technology, right? So I figured out a way to combine them. Um, and, and, and just for those out there who don't know what social entrepreneurship is, again, that's building things so other people can help themselves. And the difficulty in that is people are born cynical. You're born caring about yourself. And so the skill sets that I've acquired and have that I utilize to help other people, I could be helping just myself tenfold, right? So um, I say that to say to people, I, it's, it's probably an entrepreneur out there that's like teetering like, yo, well, I'm always trying to help people. I need to drop this and just shoot my thing to the roof, right? But um, as difficult as it is to understand, sometimes you're always going to go further, faster by helping other people, right? So that's HBC Wall Street, right? We help college students understand that they don't have to graduate in debt. They can create streams in college. They can't think about wealth and real estate at 18, right? They can buy stocks. Um, they don't need a, a, a real life broker. They can do it on their phone in five minutes with $5, right? Change the mentality of, of students, right? Because, um, I mean, most of them sign over, they sign over their life <laughs> at 18, right? To and say they owe somebody $40,000. But I bet if you usher them right out of that same room where they just signed a promissory note in, and take them into another room and ask them what is cash flow based on my results and my visits to HBCUs and college campuses, 85% of them are not gonna know what that is. Right? Like that's crazy, right? Like that somebody owes somebody forty thousand dollars, but they don't understand the fundamental idea of I should keep more money every month than I spend. Right? Like that's fundamental, and that's not taught at 10, at 12 at 15, like literally, right? Mm -hmm. So that's Wall Street. So um, we do a podcast sometimes here and there, right? Um, we do college visits. We have mobile apps, platforms, uh, everything digital, whatever you need, however you want information, courses, live events, streams, partnerships with Ty and you guys, whatever. Whatever you need, however you need to get it. But get money together while you're young, right? Period. Um, no B and B. So a lot of people like to refer to us as the Black Airbnb. Um, we just refer to us as uh, making it easier to travel with each other, right? Um, one of my co-founders had an issue. He was staying in the Airbnb. Somebody called the police on him. Of course, it turned away. Wow. Right? Um, so, he, it was a big deal, right? The police came and, and, and the company was born from that, right? But it also has been promoted twofold, right? Um, being of color on this planet and traveling is an anxiety every day, just like everything else, right? Like being in traffic, like being in line, like doing whatever. Right? Of color, is there's anxiety associated with it every day. And traveling isn't is excluded from the list, right? So 
we created a platform. I mean, it functions, you know, just like Airbnb, right? Those hosts, you have guests. They, they go to the platform, uh, they for uh, uh, a place and a date, and they book it, right? I mean, it works like Airbnb. So that's why many people call us the but, uh, um, technology, well, I love technology, so uh, we built it from the ground up. And the funny thing is that um, my people, our people, I love my people, right? They, I mean, many of them want this million dollar that is Airbnb, but they don't know that, you know, we're building it from, from the ground up, right? From the couch, right? So, um it's been it's been a journey it's been a journey we we start we started a couple of times um i built things we took them down we didn't like it people didn't like it we started over um we finally got it clicking now right it's finally clicking so um, like it yeah 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 so that's cool man. airbnb i think started on craigslist i think it just like i think a couple guys yeah. they didn't have somewhere to stay Right, right. Um, so, uh, I mean, every good business is started from a problem that the founder had or has. Yep. That's the only way they're going to put it all into it. Um, so, um, I mean, we just recently launched uh, our uh, spring break campaign um, in Miami uh, with the black owned bed and breakfast in Miami, the copper door. Oh, okay. uh, yep, yep, yep. So it's on their website. Uh, you know, it's a nice little package, a couple of things to do, you know, includes lodging and, and some tours and, and some leisure things. And what's right. that website again? Uh it's uh norbnb.com. N-O-I-R-B-N-B.com. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so gotta check that out. And this reminds me of something that uh Charles always talks about, he says, um, our wealth is going to come from solving our own problems. Mm. And we got more problems than anybody else. So we kind of, in a way, we kind of got it. It's kind of not easy, but it's like the opportunity is there for us because we got so many problems. All we got to do is solve them and we get the wealth. But we got everything we need, right? Like we're, mm -hmm. the, we're basically the most intelligent people on this earth. If you look at everything back from the beginning and dawn of man, people of color created it. We've been at the helms of every major civilizational era of time, right? They leave us out of the history books, but if you look at the images, you see the Moors beside the Romans, you see Egyptians beside, you know, beside these civilizations. So we've always had everything we need. Right, we've always been conquerors, right? And so, um, for me, is 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 getting us back to that, right? Like that's kind of one of the principles that I kind of build everything on. It's like we shouldn't have to go outside, right? We we're the creators of everything. Like think about this, right? Down at the, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office is probably mostly patents and, and trademarks issued to white men, right? Mm -hmm. But if you never had to do any work or ever, literally, if you've never had to do anything, why would you be looking for a way to make it better? 
right? Like we we probably own most of those patents down in that building. Is what I'm saying. And what that means is we're the creators of everything, man. We don't need anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. Ever have. So I, I I second that principle, right? Cool. You want to add anything to that, Charles? Um, you know, I just I think it's interesting that in America we tend to kind of second guess and think that we need the the white man to do it first, or the white man to do it for us, and we don't realize like the power that we do have. And it, it can be frustrating because you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, and you say all the things that we can do, and then it's the the very people that you're trying to help and inspire are the people who tell you those things like, oh, no, well, we need them to do it for us. We need them to give it to us. And in actuality, that's not true. Um, I was watching a video, and they were talking about how, like, it was Dr. Clyde Anderson video, and he was talking about how, like, we built America. We didn't just build America because, like, we were the labor. We were also, like, the intellect. And that, like, it was us who was building those buildings. There are people who didn't know how to build them. They didn't have the skill set to build them. And so they had to kind of employ us. And so then we took that same knowledge and intellect and we applied it to our own community. So like, oh, well, now you guys are free. You can't work with us. And so what do you do? The same people who were out there building your building because you couldn't do it. The same people who were out there raising your kids because you couldn't do it are now doing it for themselves. And so I feel like we as a community need to know that we can do it for ourselves and lean on that, leverage that. We just had in Los Angeles, the world literally stopped for two African-American men, Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant. Not for some white dude, not for some old dude, people say have all the power and all the influence. They don't got shit. Because there's, 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 there's wealth that's not just quantified in the amount of money that you have in the bank. There's also wealth and influence. There's also wealth in can you make shit move? And I feel like we gotta stop giving so much power to this money because this money can be printed they can just print money and say oh look i got money like no like can you make shit move does the brand of you mean something and the brand of us means a lot and they try to devalue that because they'll just say like oh you aren't worth anything and then they'll devalue your community well is your community really worth nothing if you go across eight miles and it's the same house but now it's worth twice no they just happen to say it's Mm. worth twice it's not literally worth twice. The money is made up. The Chinese money is made up. The Russian money is made up. This money is made up. So therefore, we shouldn't deem ourselves impoverished because we don't have made up money. Africa has so many more resources than any other country in the world, yet we still deem them as impoverished because they don't have made up printed money. No, we are the wealthiest continent, the wealthiest countries within that continent, Nigeria, all those countries, vast resources. And then you have these people who don't have any resources. All they have is paper money. And we're over here acting like they have it all. So for me, like, I just feel like we got to really know who we are and know what we have and know what we possess. And I think that's what um, Torrance was speaking to is just saying like, hey, like, like we, 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 we've done all this before. There's value in us. And that's all I try to get people to understand. And the crazy part about it is we're seeing it. There are people out there creating businesses, creating wholesale empires, creating all these different amazing things. And it's black people out there doing it because we are just geniuses where we have to be geniuses. Right. 
Ted talks at the gas station. <laughs> I'm actually back in. I'm back in the car. I'm about to hit. I'm about to hit the ten freeway right now. Uh, so, Terrence, you had a tweet. You said, "Tell yourself you can do it first, then work like hell to either show yourself you can do it or show the world. Either way, you wake up and work at it every day, and success is the only option." Right. Um. I mean, I think I just always have stood on the fact that if you're getting a small win every day, then you win it. Right? There is no going back. And so I think it sounds cliche, but I think by like by default, like if if you go just a tad bit harder than you did yesterday, then that's success, right? Because who is the measurer of what you deem is hard work that you're putting in, right? Like we have these aesthetic goals and, and, and monetary accolades that we aspire to, but some people may be reaching to get to a point where they are putting in work for 30 solid days and that's success to them, right? Like, so uh, it, it's just basically a way of saying like whatever you reaching at or whatever you working at, like just, Go harder, that shit. Then tomorrow, go harder. And then tomorrow, go harder. And you look up and a whole month have, has gone by. And there's no way in hell that you're not further along. Right? If you do that for 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And whatever you're doing, you're probably killing the game by the end. Right? And so I wish I knew that 10 years ago. Because uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, we get in the game, we like, all right. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do this, we can do this, we can do that. Like for all the things that I've came out with, there's 17 other folders on my computer of things that we made a logo for and started the incorporation paperwork for and did the research and found out the margins was non-existent and we never released, right? Like you're, you're always gonna be doing a lot of things, but I wish I had just understood back then, pick a thing and just, ham at it right like people out here trying to learn how to do 10 things that make a thousand dollars each instead of just realizing that if they focused on something for five years they could charge somebody ten thousand dollars an hour right and so um i think when you're in technology and i had to double whammy right when you're an entrepreneur and you're in technology you got to learn how to walk yourself back from that Right, but at the same time, you're trying to walk forward as a person, right? And so, I had to figure out, all right, um, how do I, how do you not do so much, and how do you not, how does it not appear to do so much, but how do you not lose the wave of the energy of what you put into everything, right? And so, for me, it's just that just meant how could I structure everything that I was doing, but present it differently. Right. Um, and so as I figured those things out, it was funny, man. It was, it was, you ever realize, like, man, some of the stuff that people say on Twitter is coming true. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like, okay, so uh, I got a homegirl in mind. She's crushing the game. She does branding. I think she made almost like 300K last year. Like, to get on the phone with her for a couple of hours, it's like $10,000 like something crazy, right? 
she five years ago she was doing MySpace backgrounds for fifty dollars, right? And so, right, and, and, and so she said something, right? Um, oh, affirmations. And so, like t- two days in a row, I did affirmation, and I literally said to myself, "I am worthy of high dollar clients," right? Because so many of us absent capital and absent-minded black people stay stuck in the small thinking, right? Like when Timmy and Tommy say they got a business, they call Aunt Susie and ask her for $100,000. Like we trying to figure out how the hell we gonna raise 500, right? And so it's so funny that when you think differently, shit happens differently. And it's like, it's so crazy, right? I literally was like, okay, like, and I said that to say, you'll be an entrepreneur chasing, uh, chasing success and not realize you're an expert at whatever you've been chasing for the last five years, seven years, right? And so I finally slowly came around to the point where I was like, okay, this auntie shit, I'm an expert at whatever it is. It's cloud or mobile or security or hardware or software or backups or social or marketing or automation. Like, I'm, a, I'm an expert at this shit. So... I mean, if you're going to engage me about it, then you got to pay expert prices. You can pay cheaper prices, but it's going to cost you more when you circle back around and I got to fix it. Mm. Right? So, so I, I got a client in. He wanted something done. I knew I knew how to do it, right? I, it wasn't no issue of doing it. But at, this was the point in time I was like, okay, if I'm about to really run with this consulting shit and, 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 and about to charge my work, you know what I'm saying? You got to pay my worth. I'm about to send him this invoice. It's the highest amount I ever proposed to anybody. But I, at that point, I was like, either he going to pay it or fuck off. <laughs> like, that's how I felt, right? Because I'm literally like, look, I could I get one $50,000 client a year instead of three $18,000 clients, yep. right? And I don't care if that person comes in August, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not devaluing myself. I'm not... I'm not devaluing my time, not devaluing my skill set. Um, yeah, somebody else could do it for you. Somebody else got the skill set, but they ain't me, right? You're not going to have an interaction with them. They're not going to keep it humane as I am. They're not going to probably throw in some little extras for you. They're going to charge you line item. Like, go ahead, go with them. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? But you can ask all my clients how I do. You can see their testimonials on my homepage. So I sent it to them. He paid it, and I was like, "Oh shit, the affirmations work." Right, it's that simple, right? Something I seen on Twitter worked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and so my point to that story was, I could have did this five years ago, mm. and now be charging people, and now fifty thousand dollars could be the minimum. Right, right. But I, I mean, you gotta go through that. You gotta grow through that. Right, and you and and you realize when you're on the different levels of entrepreneurship, right? Whether you got ten or five of them, you know when you're going around that curve, right? It's almost like you're running a 400 meter dash, right? To me, when you're running a 400, when you when you get back all the way around, that's that first mill, right? If you're running a 1600 meter, that's just mills coming in. But when you're going around that curve, right? The first curve is I'm jump, I'm leaving my gig. That second curve is this has replaced all my living expenses 
and pays for my leisure and more assets. That straightaway on that last 200 is just getting you a CPA and, and getting you an accountant and figuring out if you should be an S Corp or a C Corp, right? All that, and then that's on your way to the meals, right? So when you feel yourself coming into those curves and turns and straightaways, the price has got to change, mm. right? Now, it's just, I mean, to be an entrepreneur, you got to be a little bit of, you got to be a little cocky. I mean, you got to <laughs> gotta be humble and respectful, but I mean, small pieces of you just got to be an ass, right? And I was like, um, one of my guys, right, uh, him and his team, he, he linked us up and we did some consulting for some HBCU uh, 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 programs for one of the presidential candidates. And I was like, that's it. My, the day the video came out, I was like, my prices just went up. <laughs> right? So um, I wish I could have focused. I wish I had a focus a long time ago. That's my point. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Always a story. Always a story to the epiphany. Right? Um, so yeah, man, you got, I mean, you press forward every day. If you do something every day and you're knocking out small or big things, you're successful because you're going to look up next year and you're going to be a year further ahead. And in five years, you look up and you're like, man, I got clients. I got awards. I got bookings. This is crazy. This was not, this was a conversation I had with my man. Eating some wings one day, right? And, and now it's flying me all over the country. Like, that's crazy to see come to fruition, right? Like, I created an Instagram page and a group me, and it ultimately ended up becoming three other entities that all have cash flowing, revenue, operations, taxes, team members, um, automation set up for everything, right? Like uh, the power of social media in the, social media in this age is crazy, which you guys know, right? right. Yeah, man. Yep, yep, yep. So Charles, you said you can stay at home and have no rent, or you can build an asset that takes care of the rent. Something I feel like what's interesting is we always talk about house hacking. We always talk about like, oh, you can buy a property, rent out a piece of that property, and cash flow, or eliminate your housing expense, but what's interesting is you can also kind of do the same thing with the business. So it's like if your business generates enough to take care of your housing expense, it's effectively house hacked. It just isn't mm. via rental income or via uh, uh, quote, I guess, somebody living in the same house as you. So you can basically eliminate your housing expense, which is the biggest expense. And you can do it through building an asset. And so that asset can either be a rental portfolio, it can be a business, it can be investment, stocks, that kind of stuff. But I've just found that, like, when you get out there and you create a business, like, I've always told people, like, I'm more of a business person than a real estate person. Real estate just happens to be a business. Like, I, I love real estate, but I'm not so, like, flippy flop. I need to buy this, put some money into it, and get a bunch of money. I've been like, hey, I need a business that does 100 grand, 200 grand a year. Because a business can do a lot more than what your real estate portfolio can do. And people don't like to hear that because people like to hear like most millionaires own real estate. 
but most billionaires own businesses. And so, like, if you look at, across the line of billionaires, it's a bunch of people who have started huge, massive, successful businesses. And you can sell a widget over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I always, when I was younger, I used to think about how, like, there's so many people in this world, billions of people. If I could just get those billions of people to give me $1, I could be a billionaire. And so the same thing is true in business. I just got to find something to exchange for the money that they have. And if I can get all those people out there, the hundreds of millions, to give me a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, ten dollars, I can be a billionaire. I can be a hundred millionaire. And that's what Apple's done. That's what Google's done. That's what Amazon's done. And that's why scale is important. It's like if you can get more people to touch your product, the more money you make. If I can get more people to use my product, the more money that I make. And that's one thing that I realized kind of in following Chris in the 50 Hour Friday is I don't need to sell something like for a big dollar amount to one person, two person, three person, four person. I need to sell something for a fair dollar amount to a bunch of people. And the more people, the better. So if I can sell a course for 50 bucks to 500 people or to a thousand people or to however many people, that's going to set me free. But if I just have a course that I'm trying to sell for like 5,000, 10,000, and I'm out here getting like a few clients, then I can stunt my growth. And so I found that like, it's just kind of better to take the all approach as opposed to the few approach. Where are we at, Raphael? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let me ask Terrence real quick. Um, can you tell us real quick um, some more about HBCU, HBCU Wall Street real quick? Like the science behind the name, the meaning behind the name, and, how, and what, what you guys really do? Oh, bet, bet. Okay, sure. Um, so, I mean, basically, like, like Todd said, I mean, part of wealth in this country is owning real estate, right? And so uh, this uh, romanticized thought is the idea of these Wall Streets, right? Like that's how you can more easily get people to uh, uh, identify with a movement that you're trying to push out, right? That's black related, it's attached to the Wall Streets. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other flip side of that is Students don't know real estate. Students don't know cash flow. Students don't know businesses. Students don't know uh, uh, utilities, right? Like a, a lot, a row of businesses, the cleaners, the pharmacy, the grocery store, right? The, the lawn care businesses, right? Laundry, right? Like things people need to live. Like we had all of those businesses. They were cash flowing and cash generating. So the reason um, we do HBCUs is because HBCUs, one, created the black uh, middle class in this country. Two, um, HBCUs basically used to serve as incubators for the black community. Like, um, if you look at, if you look in history, basically on the cusp of every black civil rights movement, an HBCU was involved. Uh, if you look at a lot of the technological uh, and scientific advances, it's things that come from HBCU campuses, right? Like these communities would thrive and it would go outward from the school, right? Now you have the school growing in the middle and the community around it deteriorating or the school deteriorating in the middle and a thriving community around it, right? And so, um, uh, you know, as you guys spoke about earlier, right? Like there's this 
holistic idea of wealth. There's this holistic connectivity of streams and businesses and entrepreneurship. Like it's basically should and can and could be used for uh, helping the community, right? So if you get the students on the campus to understand that they can be wealthy earlier and you also get the university to buy into the fact that those wealthy and thriving students can contribute while students and immediately contribute when they got out of school because they're in a better fiscal position, right? You're talking about realistic impact, like lower loan payment defaults, you know what I'm saying? Higher retention rates because students don't drop out of school. They figured out a way to pay for their tuition next month with a business they started last semester, right? Like you're talking about real world implications to teaching 15 year olds and 16 year olds about money. Let's take a quick break. So as we went around the country talking to students about wealth, right? The accumulation of, of attaining wealth and the, and the application of it is buying property, right? If you taught somebody how to go from checking their credit score that they haven't looked at in forever, all the way to now they got money saved, buying stocks, and now they have a high amount of money that they want to invest, right? Because you've groomed them and assisted them along the way with understanding how they should do that and why they should do that, right? And so as I started going to these schools, I would see that I mean, basically, within walking distance of every campus was boarded up homes, right? Almost around every school I went to. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, this opportunity, why nobody ain't got on this yet? And I'm like, it must be difficult, but I'm still undertaking, right? And so um, the cribs could be used for housing, right? They could, outside investors could invest. Um, students could get volunteer hours and apprenticeship hours for, for working on rehabilitation of the house. You utilize the unsavory characters in the community, right? So I don't know, do trash haul or junk removal or whatever, right? Like there's a vested interest from all parties. Parents feel better that, that these eyesores are not where the, or, or, you know, are not where the kids are going to be going to school at, right? You have, uh, people who have invested getting a quarterly check that's basically from the rental income, right? Like everybody gets to participate. And people who may never have $100,000 might have ten dollars or $20,000, right? And they can stop screaming, I want to help build my community. And, and, and they can do something about their house. So what I've been doing, and actually what me and Todd have been doing is, you know, um, trying to work with people to, you know, collectively buy and uh, rehab and sell and flip homes, just whatever, right? Just anything real estate related, right? But the 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 main and first goal is to uh, fix up the dilapidated homes around the schools, right, and turn them into uh, cash generating, you know, rental properties, basically. So. Um, that's basically what HBC really is uh, doing it as a partnership. It's called HBC Capital, right? Man. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we teach. You go. We teach. We're gonna teach. Are right? you gonna teach students? We're gonna teach grown people. Um, we gotta bring. We gotta bring real estate baddie back. 
<laughs> right. right. So, I mean, you don't turn anyone away, right? Like, we don't have minimum investment limits. Um, some people in the group, they troll. We have a, we have a private uh, chat community. Um, if you want to check it out, it's on hpcurealty.com. Um, but some people troll the group, and some people own apartment buildings, and they in the group, and they're sharing knowledge. Um, it has been uh, 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 awareness of that, right? Like more people are understanding that I can give away some of this real estate knowledge. I can help other people, and it's not going to cut into my profits. Or I can help Buddy down the street figure out, you know, how I got my HELOC so he can get his. Like that's not going to stop my bread if I show him how I did my HELOC, right? Like more people are understanding that, right? Because my perception of it coming up the state was this hush, 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 don't talk to my clients right mm -hmm. or, or, no you're not in this real estate group you can't get this knowledge right so that's not really the case anymore right so um it, it also serves as as a community a safe space for people to ask questions and not be afraid that they don't know things and not be afraid that they never did deals and not be afraid that they don't have any money yet Right, um, there's all those things, but really, in the end, to get people to pull the trigger, because I'm about it, right? About that action, boss. Yeah. So, because that was why I started Wall Street. Well, one of the reasons, right? Like I got tired of black people saying, "Let's do this, let's do that, let's do this." So we started this entity, and we would give practical solutions, like everything I would recommend on my site. I had a working feature for, right? Like right now, we advocate to students, at least know what your cash flow is. Know how much in the red you are so you can try to get to zero by next month. Like if you got to, if, if you're negative 20 and you calling grandma on those last four days of the, of, the, of the month, figure out how you can be at zero, right? And so we actually have a calculator on our site and lets them type in their income and their expenses. And if they negative, it tells them some things they can do to get positive. If they positive, it recommends some things they can do with their money, right? So um, either way, you know, wherever you join us at in your journey, right, you still walk down the same ladder. Everybody still walks the same path. Just like a train. Some people get on a different car, right? Some people get on the front. Some people get on the back. Everybody end up at the same stop. Mm. Right? So... Um, yeah, we've been, I've been doing that since about 2015. Um, and uh, I'm actually about to, about, I'm about to release our mobile app uh, in, in, probably in about 10 days. I'm actually finalizing some things uh, this weekend with it. Um, but people have been asking me for it for a long time. So, um, and I figured out a way to let people contribute their expertise. Um, it has a way for um, any and everybody that we do business and partner with to promote their business, right? Um, and, and, it, and it also, you know, has our tried and trusted uh, resources in it, the things, you know, that people have ordered from us since day one. Um, it's got data, right? I'm big on data, right? If you don't got data, you ain't doing nothing, right? Sometimes me and my co-founders get into disagreements and they're just, um, I hope they hear this. They just, <laughs> they just be yapping. 
And I'd be like, look, man, what kind of data are we getting? Where's it going? What are we doing with it? All that stuff y'all talking about is great. I love it. I'm going to support you guys. But what are we doing about the data? Right? And so uh, I'm real big on that. Um, and so the application is going to help us uh, harness our data better so I can help people better, basically. So Charles, you had a tweet saying the bank is bigger than the banker. Yeah. Yes. So talk, explain that one a, a little bit. Yeah. Madden's lit. Back in the day. When I was a wee young lad. I was a wee young lad and I told somebody, R.P. Kobe, I told somebody that um, my goal was to be the bank, not the banker. And they were like, "Why? that's rude. <laughs> People have jobs as bankers and they should be able to be bankers and blah, blah, blah. And what I found is that the, the investment club in a lot of ways is the bank because we can fund whatever we want. We want to buy a house, we buy the fucking house. We want to buy a barbershop, we buy the barbershop. We want to buy vending machines, we buy some vending machines. And I think I came to this revelation when I was in the bank <laughs> and I was in the bank and it was just so funny because when you work in the bank, it's kind of like a sales job and your job is to sell individuals. Your job is to pitch them on stuff, to get them credit cards, get them savings accounts, get them all these different things. And I was like, damn, that used to be my job. I used to work in the bank. And I was like, that used to be my job, like being the banker. And I told myself I wanted to be the bank. And the crazy thing is, is that's what I became. And so affirmations work. And when you are the bank, you are bigger than the banker. Because like me, having this conversation with this individual, every time I step into a bank, they're like, oh, so who are you? What have you done? What have you accomplished? I'm like, oh, so I've done this, 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 this. And it's like, wow. <laughs> they're just kind of like taken back. Like, this dude really did some shit. Like, because they don't really expect much. They expect you to be like, I don't know, a real N-word. I'm not a real N-word. But I am somebody who has accomplished a lot of stuff and is continuing to accomplish a lot of things. And so I just think it's just funny to me because um, when I was working for the bank, the limit was, oh, so you'll be a regional, um, so you'll be a branch manager, then you'll be a regional manager, then you'll be a, uh, a whatever manager. And I would look at those people and I would say, do I want to drive a Prius? Do I want to drive a Lexus LX or RX? I, that's not what I, that's not what I, I'm not working 30 years to drive a Prius. Right. Like that's not my goal. And that was one of the biggest motivating factors for me in getting out of that whole space is just like, I would look at people who were ahead of me and figure out if that's the life I want to live. That's not what the life I want to live. We got Kanye over here. Who you think of rap for the driver? If you rap for, right, right. <laughs> so, so what you say about that, Terrence? About being the bank? I mean, um, you got. I, I mean, I mean, you pull, you pulling the money with the HBCU Wall Street, so you kind of know what, what he's talking about. So that's so funny, right? Like that's that that's even the conversation because 
what I see Wall Street as and what I've always seen it as, ultimately as this digital uh, uh, platform that, I mean, does it all, right? Budgeting, uh, loan, you know, whether that's peer-to-peer -peer loans, uh, uh, we, we, we linking people with uh, funds, you know, funded by people that look like them, right? Like basically become the bank. Right, like think about it. I I put on Twitter the other day. I say, "Yo, don't be surprised when Apple starts selling our power and water." Yeah, I saw you. I saw you say that. Right, so, right. so, so, but I I said this two years ago, just because I I mean I just watch the tech trends like every day, right? I said this two years ago when when Apple released their digital card. I said Apple's going to become your bank, right? Like. These middleman payment systems, right? I saw some other day that broke down every dollar for a credit card swipe. It's like 81 cent to somebody and nine cent to somebody else and three cent to somebody else and two to someone else. Like those people getting cut out. And Apple's like, look, we have more money in our bank account than like three continents. And we have everybody on the planet's financial information with the bank. And, and dear people and dear lobbyists that, that, that we need to get at to change any kind of uh, fi uh, financial fintech laws. Here's this lobbyist money. Get this done for us. Thank you. Right? Like, Apple's going to, I said, I said Apple's going to become your bank. Right? And so um, it don't matter. Laws don't matter. If you control somebody's money, you control, you control them. Right? So, uh, I mean, like he said, yo, if, you, if you're dishing out the money, you got the power. Loans run the world. Every dollar in everybody's pocket is owed to somebody by somebody else. Right? So if you're the person giving out that money, then you good money. Because most people loan money on interest. And if you continue to borrow money on interest, the crazy thing is that's almost perpetual slavery. You never get out of debt. Right, and so not to go too far with that. My point is, if, if you're dishing out the bread, you got the power. You have the power, and so that goes back to the beginning of the conversation about us always begging. Like, nah, stop begging. Make a conscious effort to, even if it's your paycheck, make a conscious effort to put apart some money and become part of the collective stream of consistent cash that's building a pot. Like. You can't be walking around here for 30 and 70 years getting money every two weeks and you look up and you don't got shit. None of it. Like, what the fuck were you doing with your money every two weeks for 65 years? Right? Mm. Like, got a stack. You got to become the bank. Even if you become your kid's bank. And that's my soul. That's my first goal in life. And everything else will fall. My children are never going to walk up to me <clears throat> and ask me for any amount of money and I don't have it. Period. Hey, Dad, you got 5K? Sure, son. Hold up. Let me peel it off right quick. Bars! <clears throat> you become your kid's bank. You become your children's bank. Then everything Change in the world, man. Everything like else, me building wealth. Yeah, everything else will just flow from that. Plain as, you got to become the bank. Like that should ultimately be, it's really, it's really the backdrop for your legacy, right? Like everything should fund your family. Like you never want nobody else to decide. Well, first of all, nobody's going to hire or fire my children. 
they can go to college and get out of college. And here, son, here you go. Here's this cash flowing building. Um, leave me the hell alone. You'll never need no money. <laughs> you never need no money from me realistically. I've already calculated your life and these four units will do it for you, right? So nobody are never gonna hire and fire my children. And the second thing is nobody, they should never be sitting in front of nobody's table twiddling their thumbs, hoping that somebody says yes, because they want to have a wedding, because they want to build a house, because they want to buy a yacht. I mean, not a yacht, a boat. A yacht, yacht is a whole different conversation. But you want to have those thousands, right? Like, I think once I became a father, that kind of came uh, a, a, a seeping thought. It's like, if I look up in 40 years, do I consider myself failed? If I don't have some fucking thousands sitting somewhere, some real thousands that my kids need. If one of your kids need $20,000 and you've been working at this wealth and streams and entrepreneurship and all this shit for 25, 30 years, you don't got 20 fucking thousand dollars? What are you doing? Right? You gotta become the bank. Straight up. You gotta become the bank. Yeah. I was looking for my sunglasses, Raphael, and I found them. So I, <laughs> well, I had to put them on. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find my sunglasses, man. I was like, where are my sunglasses? Where are these things? Right, right. But he's definitely right. He's 100% right. You've got to become the bank. I never even thought about being the bank for your kids, although all my actions were leading to the point of being the bank for my kids. Right. But that's that's dope that he said that. Yeah, man. And Terrence, you said in a tweet, my wife and kids believe in me. I've already won in life. So what that means to you? So, so I got a 14 year old daughter, right? And of course, you know, she's doing the thing at school around that time where it's like kids are forming their factions and, and start caring about what the other kids like and don't like. And so I'm talking to her about, you know, just don't care about what other people say. Um, and so I found myself trying to educate her, but then talking to this epiphany like oh shit that's actually correct and i basically told her like look you know you could be getting billions it's billionaires i'm walking around that 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 have done a lot for people some feel like they ain't done nothing for people but either way people don't like them for some reason rhyme or reason some people love them some people could give a shit either way right like you have to have a deep penetrating uh, uh, execution of the idea that I'm gonna do what I do and I don't give a sh I don't care what nobody thinks, right? Like there's four people I have to please and they all have my last name. Mm. Right. Yes. And so it's like, I mean, when your kids come in the room like, hey Dad, you working on your business? What you doing now? Do 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 do. Like, and then you see a child get older and they start asking more inquisitive questions, which means they understand that your business is growing, right? Like, I was like, I'm good. Because this is the education I need to give him and, the, and her from all of them, right? Like this, the education I need to give him. And it's like, they watching it. But, and at the same time, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm good then. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't have, I don't care. Everybody says about what I, what I am doing, what I'm not doing, what I should do, what my entity shouldn't do, what I shouldn't post, how much we should sell something for, 
any of that. I don't care. I don't care what you what anyone says. And I mean, it goes back to where I said to, to to lead a national movement that you ultimately at some point want to become international. You're gonna probably have to give no fucks a lot of times. No right. fucks. Yeah, yeah. That was like <clears throat> it's like if you see that what I'm doing provides value, then you get on board. But I'm moving this train forward for the people in my household. It just so happens that that also means I'm providing value for you. This guy's on the sugar rush over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, things change. You got kids, bro. You got to get to the bags. You got to go 20x. Right. And you know, it's funny, um, when you when we started, you you was talking about um it's important for to let people in on these conversations. I didn't even think about that until you said it. Like that that's real, man. And we gotta we gotta show our kids a different way and, and change change. The only way we're gonna change this is to get our kids to change too, man. I yeah, mean how many how many people you think in college right now, parents? ain't know anything about money and or didn't talk to them about money. It's probably more than 75%. So you usher in these kids into this institution who have lived in a household of, of finance or, 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 or fiscal education, they owe money and then they get ushered out the door with a half-ass understanding, get kicked out into the real world. And then guess what they do? They do it again, right? And so then that's real. You have three or four people who don't know money, but are just kind of a spoke on the wheel. I like to say, if you're going to be a spoke on the wheel, that is the American financial system, at least be an educated spoke, right? You can't get around, you can't get around the fact that you have to have credit in this country. Like you ain't shit till you owe somebody something, right? You got to have a car. You have to have logic. You, you, you have to have records on file somewhere, right? When they run your name, it's got to come back that you were you. You got to participate, right? So at least just be, at least be educated while you're participating, you know I mean? right? So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's no other way. There's no other way but to, uh, uh, to talk about it, right? Mm. People don't do all the things that came from the things I created literally was because my first intention was to create a safe space for conversation, right? And that was with HBC Wall Street, that was with HBC Realty, um, that's with Airbnb, with anything, right? It's, mm. it's help people get richer while they safer, right? Um, because you need a safe space. It's, it's difficult to speak to the vulnerability of being ignorant. It's hard to say, nobody in my family ain't have shit, so I don't know anything. I don't even know if I want to fix it or not, because I don't even know what that means or looks like. And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You just troll the conversation for the next three months. You jump in when you got a question, right? Because two people in the conversation that each own a 10-unit apartment building. And they just going at it, talking about 1031 exchanges and, 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 
in sewer line repairs and FHA loans and hard money lending. And, and you know, the people that's 18 are looking at it like, wow, what is this? Like, you know you won when students start hitting you back saying, yo, I just got $4,200 on my refund check. Hey, Torrance, what should I do with it? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not, this is not financial advice. But second of all, <laughs> second of all do you write real estate? So are you in the stock, right? Like, we ain't gonna sit here and do this analysis paralysis. By the end of this conversation, I'm gonna tell you somewhere to at least put that thousand dollars so it can at least get you back fourteen hundred, right? Like that's forty percent return. Like you don't understand what that means, but you ain't getting forty percent return on nothing in life. So if I can tell you how to make that thousand fourteen hundred dollars right quick, the fact that you're even in that mindset of contacting me asking me for help means my platform has worked for you. So now I'm gonna pass you over to somebody else, like Todd probably, right? Cause we'll do money management. I don't, I, don't, I can't advise nobody who got a million dollars and I don't even try to step into that lane, right? But um, more fiscally responsible and financially educated students become better paying citizens. They become more heavily investing adults. They become higher donating alumni. Right, like everybody has a vested interest. The students leave the school and know more about money. I mean, it's not, it, it, it ain't rocket science, right? Yeah, it's funny because um, last year they started, uh, you know, for birthdays, I started buying people like uh, Stockpile has like gift cards, they even have the physical gift cards. You know, I get the the, 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 the the toys or the sneakers or whatever, but you know, me throwing some stocks in there too. Right. And then I got one of my sons um, for his birthday, he turned 13, I got him a, a, a silver coin. I got him like $13 worth of stock. Does it light up? No, this is a silver coin, you know, just a coin made out of silver, you know, and they gave it to him. And for a while, I thought, you know, he just thought, oh, that's cool. And he didn't say anything, but then, like, Maybe like a month ago, he was talking about it. He said, you know, I was thinking about that coin. That's, that should be a nice family heirloom. You know, I could pass it down to my son. Ice. I was like, oh. Nice. I even think I made an impact. Really. Already changing his thing. You know what I mean? That's what that means. Right? I was, it's important. You got to have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes without it. And what I started realizing was it's not that we're less competent, right? We're more intelligent. It's just that we don't know things. Mm. Not exposed to things either, right? We'll be right back. Join us for the Black Men Building Wealth Virtual Conference, February 29th, 2020, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., featuring Charles Oglesby, Andre Hatchett, Jillian Gordon, Brian Robinson, Brandon Thomas, Oge Madu, Gene Holloman, Lamont Woods, Jay Morrison, Torrance Reed, Byron Sellers, Henry Washington, Brian Thomas, Xavier Miller, Chris Senegal, Jeremy Johnson, and more. Topics covered will include marriage, personal finance, debt paydown strategies, tech and investing, mobile home real estate investing, tax strategies, and more. All proceeds will be donated to the Bless a Black Man Foundation. It's the Black Man Building Wealth Virtual Conference. It's lit. 
So Charles, you said owners create equity. What you mean by that, man? I, I definitely said that. And um <laughs> you know, I just I mean I started realizing like when you own an organization, a startup, you can effectively issue shares. Mm-hmm. And when you when you issue shares, you basically create ownership. When you create ownership, you create equity. When you create equity, you're printing money. And I realized like the same thing is true, like not just when you're in dealing with business, but also when you're in real estate, like owners mm-hmm. create equity because we force equity through appreciation, we force equity through uh, debt pay down. And so what I realized is like the ownership aspect is so powerful. And so for example, like when you're listening to the big business podcast and he was talking about how um, ownership is everything, right? Right. Once you, once you own it, ownership is everything. So there are so many exit strategies that reveal themselves. Once you own it, you just got to own it. And the same thing is true, not just real estate, but, but also in business. And so on business, when you have something that's carried in cash flow, it's nothing to just absorb somebody. It's nothing to just like create ownership for other people because it's like, hey, I've created this, which means you've effectively created money. You're printing money at that point in time, which means you're just kind of like saying, hey, this person wants to be involved. Let me go ahead and tap them in. And that's why business is so powerful. I don't just promote business ownership because it's a job alternative. I tell you, it's not a job alternative. Business is how you save your family. Business is how you save your community because you can just create opportunities for other people. You don't got to ask for opportunities, you create it. You don't have to beg for it, you create it. You don't have to go over there and ask somebody if they can just allow it or if it's okay with them. Like, no, like I created it, so therefore I deem it as okay. I deem not struggling okay for anybody who's attached to me because I've created something that's of value. And so like, that's what I meant by that. It's like ownership, it allows you to create equity, create ownership, create wealth, create value. You gotta say to that, Terrence. He's saying it all. Um, I mean, the other side comes to my mind really, um, and it's what I struggled with for a long time. Um, I think for a long time, I looked at success as, as an entrepreneur, you look at success as whether, well, many entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs look at success as whether it has allowed them to leave their day job, right? Um, and so for a while, I was viewing myself as not successful because of Right, oh. but what I didn't realize was the social equity that we had, right? Um, and 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 that carries weight, right? It has dollar value, right? Um, I mean, when you when you're turning away as an entrepreneur and, and you're trying to move forward every day and you <clears throat> ultimately trying to make more money than you made last week or last month or last year or do more events or whatever, right? Like the daily churn. Um, you forget some of the things you've done, right? And so, I mean, we would just forget that we had people emailing us and texting us and tweeting us saying, hey, you know, I follow you guys' page and it's changed my life. Or, hey, I, f- I watched you guys' video and, I- and now I got life insurance on my kids. Or, hey, man, I got this money now. 
I've been following you guys. What should I do with it? Right? Like, I now believe in what you guys say. Right? Like, and there's a power in that, right? Like, not, um, and, and, and not even in a negative connotation, right? Like, I think the power in that is it drives you as an entrepreneur, right? It, it, it keeps you going. It's like, okay, people really out here. One, people really out here fucking with me. And two, I'm really out here helping them. Well, I'm doing it from my computer sometimes, most of the time, but I'm really out here helping them. So that equity that you have in it, that's what drives you. That's what will have me drive from D.C. to Atlanta and drive right back because we got invited to some senator's event and I can't get a flight that'll get me there in time, right? Like, you need that equity in your in your personal quest for greatness. You need, you need those pieces of equity in the things you're doing, right? So owners create equity, right? And so... Oddly, if you're building something, if something is driving you, if you have equity in it, right, you have mental equity in it, you got sweat, sweat equity, it's driving you, more than likely it's going to create equity for other people, right, because it's going to create jobs. It's going to create uh, something for them to have a drive in, something for them to strive towards and forward, right? And so um, aside from, you know, building equity and being able to say that someone owns it, right? I think that's a lot of times the unspoken side of entrepreneurship, right? The, the, the actual equity that's developed in building the equity, right? Like the people that buy in, the, the mental buy-in that, that you have to undertake, which ultimately becomes your habits and becomes this morphing of yourself, right? Like everybody needs some kind of equity all around the board, right? If you don't feel like you're getting no equity from something, you'll drop it, right? Um, so I, I think it's important to think of it from both angles, right? Like, okay, what am I building that somebody can own one day? How can I pass this down? If I want somebody to come on board and help, how much percentage can I offer them? Like, is this viable? Like, will they care that I'm giving them 10%? Like, where's the equity at? But at the time, it's got to be, how, why do I care about this? How do I care about this? How can caring about this fit into my life so I can move this forward? Right? Like, where's my equity? Right? You need that. I think you need that. And most people don't even realize when they have that. It's usually just some, aha, I'm going to go really hard at this. I've been bullshitting. But something just made me think, realize I should get it together and I could really make some money from it. I just sit my ass down. Like that's when you realize I have equity. So let me ask you, um, you said privacy is an illusion. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about what does Zoom technologies uh, do? Um, so uh, Zoom technologies is uh, IT security consulting firm. Um, we do a little bit of uh, custom software applications, uh, mobile apps, uh, custom web applications. Um, but all of that is done with a uh, security foundation in mind, 
right? And because many startups and small businesses just get back to security as they grow and when they grow, um, we try to uh, just infuse a paradigm shift, a thought process change of the idea of why security should be implemented while you're building your startup. Because you don't want to wait till you're getting ready to scale or about to scale and then try to implement it. And the reality of it is every single day in every single way possible uh, on a hundred different mediums, somebody is trying to hack into something or steal someone for something or spam somebody or I mean, it's happening billions of times a day. Um, and we just sit in this digital dome that we think is uh, uh, shielding and protecting us from these cyber attacks. Um, and so we work with small companies um, to, to test the security of their websites, um, their security infrastructure, um, the actual education of their employees, Right. Sometimes that's uh, security awareness training. Sometimes that's uh, spam testing. Right. You always you want to go in, assess where you guys are at, what you guys have, and then figure out what we need to implement. Um, and so since I've been in IT, uh, you know, for about the better part of the last fifteen years, um, I basically just took my corporate experience and started my own consulting entity. Uh, I mean, and I mean, you, just, you could say it in another way. I took my job and made it. And turned right. it my hustle. I fell asleep. My bad. You, you I'm up now. <laughs> right. You could say it another way. Hmm? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. I guess he. I think he on mute. Maybe. No, I'm here. What do you guys <laughs> think? I'm here. Can um, you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. So, right. Charles, you said. I'm too valuable to work a job. Uh, I feel like this is this is kind of thing we you talk about a lot, you know, like packaging up your degree, selling it to the world, taking your skills right. to right. the whole world. You know how much money you can make if you take your degree and your education, your experience, and you market it actually to the world. Well, you're making like probably. you're making like you're making that market. And your job will never pay you that much money. So the question is, why aren't you getting paid that? So I got, so I got a hack for that. Right? What's the hack? Find somebody at work that works in procurement or finance. Then find out how much they're paying third-party contractors. There's not a business in this country that doesn't deal with third-party contractors or consultants. Somebody brings in somebody to do everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, man, I would be at work, right? And I would be, and, and my and my boss is, you know, he he delegating things to me. I'm handling the project, and you know, I'm doing IT stuff, and I'm hand, I'm talking to the vendors and the contractors and the consultants, and, and I'm I'm writing up the POs, and I'm pushing them through finance and making sure they're getting paid, which means I'm looking at the amounts. And I'm like, hold up. You mean we did? We paid Buddy $40,000 for how many hours? We did what? Okay, cool. So I know the market value, right? I said, now I know how much I could get to go do that if I wasn't at work. And the funny thing is, the very first um, IT security assessment contract I signed for a small business 
was basically almost the same price for that one, for the very first one that I uh, quarterback network, right? And I'm like, hold up, these people are making tens of thousands of dollars for, for, for hours of work. Like, this is crazy. I mean, I need to figure out how I do this for myself, right? So, um, it's, it, it's, it's important, man. It's important to understand that um, you can only make a certain amount at work, right? They, they're going to pay you a certain amount to do a certain amount of uh, tasks. I have unlimited potential, earning potential. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, unlimited, and, and there's an unlimited amount of people in the world. So I feel like if you can tap into those people, I was talking to somebody about how, like, I always had this vision of, like, there's 7 billion people in the world. And if I could get all those people to just give me $1, I'll be a billionaire. And business, business allows you to do that. Business allows you to get a few bucks from each individual person, as long as you can get something that sells at that level. And so you have people who have done that. You have people who have created products that everybody uses. Apple, Amazon, Google, and everybody in the world is giving them $1, $2, $3, $4, $5. And that creates billions of revenue. And so Apple, they're out here and they might be selling you like their cloud service and you pay them four bucks a month. And it might not seem like a lot of money, but four bucks a month across everybody is billions. And that's what business allows you to do. Business allows you to not depend upon your, your boss to pay you, but depend on the world. And there's so many other people out there in the world that are willing to pay you. And interestingly enough, like I feel like we give consumers too much credit. I've spoken to the, about this on this podcast, but I would rather be dependent upon people who don't know what I know to make my money than my boss who knows what I know. So for example, there's a lot of people in the world who don't know IT. A lot of people know who don't know finance, don't know, don't, don't know whatever. I would rather make my money off of them than be dependent upon your boss who knows that stuff inside and out and is going to bring in the clients based on his expertise and then ship you out there to do the work for that individual client and then take a cut off the top. And I realized this in a lot of ways. One of the ways I realized this is just in working with contractors where They'll bring in the business and they'll charge you a bunch of money. And this guy's over here, he's added in profit for himself. And all he did was send the person out there. (laughs) This guy feels like he deserves to get paid money literally for just bringing in the business and every single transaction that they do, they've worked in their profit for themselves. So they hire out the subcontractor and they get paid for themselves. So if I have to pay for somebody to replace a drain, he's getting paid. If I have to pay somebody to put some doors in, he's getting paid. He's not doing anything, but he's getting paid. And that's why in real estate, I've gotten to the point where I want to be the GC now. I don't want to pay somebody just for the sake of them just being there. It makes no sense. Like you're not doing anything. You're not designing anything. You're not planning anything. All you're doing is being the middleman. So I got to skip the middleman. I got to go direct to the source and make my business profitable. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Terrence, you said a lot of people out here screaming they want to run a business, build a startup, make money. Many of them just want to do it for the grain. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, I mean, running a business, it's work, man. 
Like, uh, there is a mental toughness that you have to have, right? And and I, and I think I look, I think I see it from the lens of like I have three kids, two small kids, and a wife, right? And for a long time, I had a very demanding full time job, and it's like. I was doing a lot more than people who was screaming they wanted to have a business, but they didn't have any of those things. It's like, dude, I have 70% less time than you. Like, you said you had the idea last January. It's now the next December. What you mean you're still sitting on it? Like, okay, I don't believe you now. I can't believe you, right? All you have is free time. You should have, you should have traction and test users in two months, right? You can put up a landing page in two hours. <clears throat> right and then the other thing with that is everybody want to just change the ig bio and say i'm the ceo and tag the ig page right like this shit gets real when you got to do tax forms and hire people and and, and make sure your data is legally secure because of contract you sign and, and make sure that your business meetings don't interfere with your kids volleyball games and make sure that your wife don't feel like you're always on the phone doing business, but she likes to also spend the money, right? Like, it's 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 real out here, being a real entrepreneur, not, not the kind with an IG page and a logo, right? Like, when you got real clients and people who, people who livelihood defend, depend on you being prompt, depend on you being fiscally responsive, responsive and responsible, depending on you being forward thinking and just being a good person, right? But then I'm also a human being, right? My business is an entity. I still got to deal with regular life and, 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 and taxes and traffic and, and bad bosses and lack of sleep and everything else that my customers go through, right? So, um, but you got to develop this armor, right? It's almost like, my personal life can only shine through my business to an extent, right? And so, I mean, you gotta you gotta almost be three or four different people a couple of times a day, mm. right? And so, um, it's not for the faint of heart. And then you have thousands and hundreds of thousands of people either counting on you, waiting on you, looking for what you're gonna do next, or posting next, or moment you put something out they clicking on it so now you're accountable to what actions they're taking like it, it becomes uh it becomes challenging and so if you don't got the mental capacity and, and, and the mental toughness for it you're gonna falter but again that's part of that assholeness that comes with being a true entrepreneur it's like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get to the end i don't know what the end is Right, but I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna do it somehow, some kind of way. And that means maneuvering through all these things that are thrown at me because I am a full-time husband, full-time dad, full-time employee, and full-time entrepreneur. Right. So um, it's it's not just cool, right? Like it's not a cool word. I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, do you have a plan for scale? Have you filed for your small and disadvantaged business certification? Do you know what a payroll is? <laughs> do you know the B number? 
right? Like these, these are things that if you go into a white person's office and you, and you don't know any of those things, they would laugh your ass out the door. Those are things they probably would expect you to have done in the first 10 minutes of starting your business, right? Like, and so although social media is amazing, social media has romanticized being entrepreneur, but it's not to downplay the fact that anybody with an idea Anybody who feels like they got a solution to a problem can throw it out there in the world and see if people run with it. So, Charles. Charles, you there? Yep. Oh, okay, cool, cool. We're going to wrap it up a little bit. You know, we're going to wrap this up with one last tweet from Terrence. No one cares. Work harder. So that basically means if I sit here and run through the list of 97 accolades that I have from the last five years over three or four different entities I have, right? Like I say, all the way from interviewing presidential candidates to being honored by like the Nigerian embassy and everything in between. No one would care. Like after I finished rifling off the list, you would forget it. Hmm. And so it's almost like your hard work has to be for some self. It has to first be self-serving. It can't be for the people. Now your self-serving desires can shine through and ultimately end up having you help the community, but you can't do it for other people, right? And so me being the entrepreneur that I am, I basically wake up every day like, all right, what do I got to do today? Like I didn't do shit yesterday, right? Like nothing. I didn't do anything yesterday. I, I got 12 tasks completed yesterday. I'm going to do 12 more tomorrow. Right, like a chill day is I only do three or four things, right? And so it's like, but in the in the world we live in, in the what you got now? Okay, oh, you have you got a nice car last year. Do you got a better car this year? Right, like in this world we live in, in this world of nowness, in this world of get the greater, in this world of flip the old one to get the new one. Like no one gives a shit about today. <clears throat> They'll care about tomorrow. And then they won't give a shit about tomorrow when it's today because they'll be caring about tomorrow. So nobody care what you're doing. They, they not because they looking for tomorrow. Right? It's like, oh, oh, that's great. Todd was awarded the Presidential uh, Medal of Finance by the city of Los Angeles. They will be looking for what he did tomorrow on tomorrow. Like he didn't get the damn award yesterday. Hmm. Right? Nobody cares. But everybody cares, but nobody cares. So you got to work hard. Work harder. So, it's kind of like, um, so I keep saying that all the time, too. <laughs> that's right. uh, best way to win is live a good life. Just be good to people. Right. Yep. We're going to wrap that up. We got Terrence Reed with us. And don't forget to get your tickets to the Batman Building Wealth Virtual Conference on Eventbrite. 
Uh, as always, we will be promoting that coming up February 29th. February 29th. End of February. One of them. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. It's the leap year, right? Okay. We good. Yeah. 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 I was right. It is the 29th. Yeah. That's what they said. It's like, that don't sound right. But yep, February 29th, .NET Building Wealth Virtual Conference. You know, um, so we're going to shout out to Provado Life, sponsor of the show, uh, Mindset Matters Tees, Erica Williams, Classy Klein, Terry Ijeoma. I'm an investor. Uh, of course, you know, we're Todd Capital. Uh, shout out to HBCU Wall Street and the other, the other um, founding partners. Uh, Zoom Technologies, Noir BNB, check that out. And, you know, you can follow uh, Raphael on Twitter at Work Money Life. You got Charles at Todd Billy, T O D D B I L L I. We got follow Terrence Reed at Terrence Reed 3. Is that I don't it? know where that came from. Twitter did that on its own, but at this point, I've said that there's so many people, I just got to leave it. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Instagram at uh, Tweet Talk Podcast, at Partner with Millie, at Todd.Capital, at HBCU Wall Street. Yep, yep. You know, be sure to follow, you know, for Terrence Reed and Charles Ogilvy, Raphael Husbands. Tweet Talk episode 33. We are out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tweet Talk. To connect with Raphael and Charles on social media, hit them up on Instagram at WorkMoneyLife and at Todd Billy. And come get some more of these bars at, at Blackwell Tweet Talk, at Partner with Millie, and at Bless a Black Man. Now, if you want to send in a voice message, go to anchor.fm forward slash tweet talk forward slash message. And of course, you can always support the podcast at anchor.fm forward slash tweet talk forward slash support. Until then, remember, don't be a little B, build a business. We out.